Hey everyone! Hi! Welcome back to the Real Pod. <laughs> it's been a, a it's minute. It's been a long minute. Remember <laughs> when we said that we would have like consistency on our episodes, and now here we are, three months later, with no episodes. Yeah, but well, we're back. We're back. We've experienced a lot in the last three months, to say the least. And the last time <clears throat> anyone who listened to this podcast heard was that we were heading into our first semester of college. Yes. And now that first semester is complete. Almost. 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 Well, for me, it's complete. Not for me, unfortunately. (sighs) I still have three exams to get through. Well, three exams and one paper to write. And that's where I'm going to begin. I have a paper to write for the class History and Film. Now, why... I am a PA major. Why am I have and why am I placed in a history and film course? I couldn't tell you. That's a great question. But you know what? And let's let's note the fact that I didn't get to choose my schedule either for college mm. as an 18-year-old. Mm. I did not get to choose my um, schedule for the first semester, but okay. I did for the second. Do Maybe you it's for the more second? Yes. Yes. But maybe it's more common, but f- I think it's a sham that <laughs> you don't get to t- use your schedule. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a sham. No, I think that we should be, we should have been able to design our schedules for the first semester. I think so. I think at this point, if we got into college, we deserve it. So like, <laughs> we made it this far. So I didn't get to choose a schedule, but this history and film class, the worst class I've ever taken ever in my entire life. And we have a lot to say about AP Gov senior year. Uh-huh. However, this class tops it. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. This class meets every Wednesday once a week for two hours and 45 minutes. Oh, that's a from long class. From 4 o'clock to 6.45 at night. Now, when I get home, it is like 7 o'clock because I commute. I don't dorm. But I will be next semester. <clears throat> officially? I th- Almost officially. I submitted my application. But so... What are you doing right now? I don't know. I'm trying to become comfortable. Okay. And so this class meets for two hours and 45 minutes, whatever. We watch movies. We watch movies in these classes. Now, Is that all? That's all it is. Is we get a one hour long pre-lecture, watch a movie, and then discuss the movie. Now, these movies have nothing to do with each other. (laughs) We will go. We learned about... The avant-garde. What is the avant-garde? What is the avant-garde? I could not tell you. I can't even tell you the avant-garde. <laughs> and we watched a movie on it and did a lecture on it. And then we did World War II. How does that tie into the avant-garde? I have no idea. Then we did a battle in Algeria for an Algerian independence. <laughs> and then These have nothing to nothing. do with each other. I mean, nothing to do with each other. And so, and then we did one on, like, dying languages. Like, hello? And so... <clears throat> this class, our final term paper is to write four pages on a historical film. And so you choose a random film, it has to have it needs to have happened in real or based on a true story, whatever. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and so <clears throat> it has to it had to have happened in real life, and then you have to find four other sources, including a film to use in your term paper. And, and, the paper needs to be in Chicago-style citations. Oh, no. Chicago? I've never used Chicago-style I've never used Chicago either. 
And this term paper is due on Tuesday, and I've watched the film, but have I written this paper? No. 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 Not at all. And so... And will you be writing it tomorrow? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So... You know what? I just, this class was so awful that, you know, this guy who, by the way, the most monotone guy I've ever heard in my entire life. No hate, but I'm sending hate. (laughs) This guy came in. Every class would open up. Yeah, I've had like four Red Bulls today and five Monsters. So like, it's going to be a pretty good class. And so I'm like, what are you even saying right now? And so <clears throat> never knew what was going on. And what the worst part was, not only had I been awake for like nine hours to that point, it's only four o'clock, he is lecturing like a fragment every five minutes. He's like, so the idea behind oh, the avant-garde is particularly... I'm like, shut the fuck up and move on, you know? So like... Yeah. <clears throat> That is my complaint from this from this semester, from what's upcoming, and I cannot wait to be done with this course. I need to think about what what my worst course was. Oh. I it, love how we're already on the negatives. Yeah. <laughs> my worst course was FYE, which is first year experience. Oh, God. So, in our high school, there was a little class called Freshman Boost. Yes. That we were work, we were we required to take, and this class is basically the exact same thing, except this class had nothing, and I mean nothing, to do with me as someone who was in the conservatory. So the gag was about this class: pretty much everybody in this class was in the conservatory, was some sort of con major. Were the peer leaders of this of this class, were they from the conservatory? No. Oh, of course not. So they lecture about studying and God knows what. That has simply nothing to do with about 95% of the class. On top of this, it's one day a week at 8 a.m. on Wednesdays. That was my only 8 a.m. class. Do you think I made it there? No. No! <laughs> no! I made it there for the final, though. Got a hundred. Anyway. (laughs) But, um, no, that class was actually horrible, and it honestly had nothing to do with me. And they're actually changing the curriculum soon, I think. So, um, people in the conservatory don't have to take that class. But that was just horrible. And the few times I went were just actually detrimental to my mental health, to be honest. A traumatizing experience. Yeah, truthfully. But... I think other than that, all of my classes are pretty enjoyable. I feel like the way that we are going to talk about our college experience right now is going to be so vastly different. Very different. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to feel really bad talking about my experience versus yours. <laughs> well, you yours. had such a great experience and, like, I couldn't be more happy for you. I know, but I also, like, <clears throat> that's what I want for you. Which, it'll come with time. I just, my experience was so hindered because I commuted. Which yeah. is part of my problem and partially, most of the reason why I'm pushing so hard to dorm next semester. Because I just, I missed all the action yeah. there. Yeah, so and I like, think that'll be really good for you. Because, <clears throat> like, I would come home, do my work, and then nothing. Like, I have nothing to do. I have no one to talk to. Like, yeah, I would just sit home. So, like, it's, it's I don't want to do that. So, I want to dorm next semester, so that should be fun and getting to know people and making friends and whatever. Not that, like... 
I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> no, get into I, it. I'm not getting into no, it. No, get into I'm it. I'm not getting into no, it. No, please. So, I can't. No, go, go I'm on. I'm not getting into it. No. If, if there's names, just replace them with letters. No, there's not. But... <laughs> No, <laughs> no, we are expanding. You can't edge the podcast listeners like this. No, because like there's so many people. I don't because I don't know who's gonna listen to this. But like there's so many people from the college. Okay, so I talked to this one girl, and she's like she's my, one of my best friends. Uh, everyone, round of applause for me not not name dropping right there. But he she, is a, he has been a notorious. You have been a notorious name dropper throughout oh, this podcast. Absolutely, I give less fucks than zero. So like, <laughs> um, this one girl that I met at orientation who has become my best friend from college. She always like fills me in on what's going on, whatever. She's mentioning all these people that apparently know who I am, and I have absolutely no clue how these people know about me, how they are brought, how I am brought up to them. How they think that we are friends, but, like, I don't know them. I don't know them. I've never talked to them before. There's, like, five people in which I don't even know what they look like. And so I'm interested to see where this goes next semester because of, like, these people. So I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. But, like, how do you know me? It's, like, it freaks me out a little bit. So, like, who Mm, knows? No, I think that dorming for you will be a lot better. I think you'll have a lot more exposure and you'll definitely be able to, like, I think you won't feel as, like, depressed at the end of the day. True. Because I think you'll be around people more, and you'll definitely just have a better experience, I think. I think a big part of college is dorming. Yeah. I mean, not that I feel, like, depressed, depressed, but, like, more so just, like, alone. And, like, just, it's tough being alone, you know? I'm not ready to just be on my own in the world yet. Like, I want to, like, have that dorming experience and, like, live through college and whatever. So... Whatever. But Whatever. It'll get better. <laughs> so, I have kind of like a similar experience. Um, so, a lot of my friends are musical theater majors. I will be referring them. I will be referring to them as MTs from this point forward. So make sure you got that part, guys. <laughs> MTs. MTs. Okay. So there are a lot of them. I think there's like 20-something. There's a lot of them in each class. So I have three very close friends that are MTs. And one of them is just loved by everyone in his major. So they all think that they're very close with him. And he makes it known that I am his best friend. And so to all of the other MTs, they're like, who is this mysterious Camille? Who is, who is this? And so now, whenever I come across, I cross paths with one of the MTs, they try to be very nice to me. They try to impress me. And it's because I'm like, I'm like this person's mysterious, like best friend. And so. No way are you using that for leverage. Yes. (laughs) No, but they are all are very, very like nice to me and they all try they try to like a couple of them or one of them like brought me a little something for Christmas. I was like Wow I was like, it's not that serious. And I've actually come to dislike almost all of these people. Naturally. Because I think when you're really trying to impress somebody, at least for me, like when you're really trying to impress me, that's when I like you the least. Like you could be like a total raging cunt and I'll be like I love it. 
I love that you're authentic to yourself. <laughs> you're authentic to yourself. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know. But I think I've kind of done a bad job at, like, branching out and trying to meet new people other than, like, the small friend group that I've created. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think a lot of people have, like, kind of solidified their little friend groups or, like, mm-hmm. little cliques. And I feel like especially where I go to school, the conservatory is pretty, like, clicky within each major. So, I don't know. I feel like it's been a little bit difficult in that regard. But I also don't really have, like, a desire to necessarily branch out from what I'm already really comfortable in. I have, like, a very set, like, group of, like, four people that I see every day all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, there's not really a need for anybody else. So, I mean, if I meet somebody new or, like... Once you get into the routine. Yeah. I don't know. I think the next semester is going to be a lot different. I think now that the first semester is over and I'm like, oh, it's kind of sinking in like, holy shit, like I'm actually in college. Like we are one step away from being independent human beings. Yeah. My parents did remind me um, today when we got in an argument. Oh, yes. Um, that yeah. I do not live here anymore. And I was like, yeah. You're right. And that's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this is such a new phase of our lives that I feel like pretty much everything has changed for me. And I feel like it's really interesting to see especially how my relationship with my parents is changing Yeah. as I'm like going into this completely new phase of my life where I am much more independent and I don't have to communicate with them for Like how much better off you are. Yeah. So I was I was not even really looking forward to coming home. I really just kind of wanted to stay there, which is crazy to admit because it's fucking Ohio. Yes, the worst. Not a real place. Not a real place by any means. As soon as I go off campus, I'm so uh, so scared I'm gonna get hate crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like Ohio. No, 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 no. But there's still, like, a piece of, like, Buffalo, at least, that stays with you. And I know you've mentioned how, even though, like, I mean, even in the last podcast that we did together, you were mentioning how, like, you just don't love this place and, like, you want to, like, branch out and, like, see the whole world, which is great. And you wanted to forget about this place completely and, like, you wanted to move on and whatever, but, like... But then I'm gone and I'm like, holy shit, I miss blue cheese and real pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And like wings and whatever. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of niche things about Buffalo that I definitely miss, but... Even the Bills. Even the Bills. I even have a Bills keychain now, guys. That is... When she told me that, lost. I am floored. I'm still floored about this. Yeah, that I actually keep up with the... If the we, bills. I just keep up if we win or lose. I don't watch the games because I don't understand them. I just watch until... I just see if we win or lose. Mm-hmm. You should watch the next game with me. What? So you can break it down for me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe I'll like start being really loving football. Saturday night is our next game. I can't say that. I got to knock on wood. I'm O... Okay, this is ridiculous. I am 0-10 all time when mentioning a Buffalo game before it happens. Really? Like, voluntarily. Like, stuff like that. So they're probably going to lose now that I said that. Just, <laughs> that because be one, just because one person in their basement recording a <laughs> podcast mentioned that there's a Bills game on Saturday, we're going to lose now. Yes. Mark my words. Mark my words. Don't wish that I'm on Buffalo. On I'm knocking on wood. You guys can hear it. 
I bet really loud. But <laughs> no, but like I was at the Bills game this today. There was a Bills game today. We played the Jets. And, and we won. We did win. Was it the shittiest weather ever? Yes. yes. Because it was 37 degrees Fahrenheit and, oh, it was and raining. It, it was, was like raining. Sleeting. Okay, like there is no worse weather in the entire world than freezing temperatures, but it's raining. At least if it's freezing, it's snowing. You know, at least it's snow. I'm happy with snow. Rain can only be rain if it's in 60 degree weather. Anything less than 60 degrees and raining, And I'm no. killing myself. Exactly. Like, homicidal, suicidal, sidal. <laughs> you took that from my private story! <laughs> um, and Hami, so, I'm feeling sidal. Hami and Sui. <laughs> and so, I went to the game today. Now, being at college, even a lot of people there don't pay attention to sports. Like, I have, I am just a, like, I have just... I've lost track of the word. I have just come to terms with <laughs> the fact that just, like, I am not able to make friends who like sports other than <laughs> my one friend. And, but, like, <clears throat> but, like, people just, I just, I just don't think, like, no, this is no offense to you, but, like, I just don't think that people who don't like sports understand, like, actually, like, Feel it the same way that people who love sports do. Like no, I'm I don't think so at all. Like going into the Bills Stadium is like you're on cloud nine. Like at least for me, it's like I entered the Bills Stadium today and I'm like, oh my god! Like I'm watching the Bills play right now. Like this is amazing. This is awesome. Like, and you know, like just it's like that one meme where <laughs> like it's like it was absolutely electric. <laughs> it's, it's nothing like I've ever seen before. And like, it's, it's, like, it's like that. Just, but, like, I don't know. I can't even. Like, just the atmosphere and, like, the feeling of being there and watching them. And then, like, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I've got three more quarters to watch. This is great. And that's how I feel about, like, music. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying because I see people get really heated, especially online, about, like, sports and whatever. And to me, I'm like, guys, like, look at it from an objective standpoint. (laughs) They're throwing a ball around. They're grown men throwing a little ball around, and this this is what your whole life hangs on? It is fun. No offense to you. (laughs) It is fun. I mean, I will get emotionally tied in. I I think I've only ever cried over a Bills game, like, twice, though. Which, compared to most fans, pretty good. So, like, I don't know, like, your emotions just get, like, wrapped up. Like, let's just look at it, like, objectively. Well, I think you feel a lot of hometown, like, pride. Yes. I think that's, like, one of the biggest things about, like, why Bills fans are so crazy, Bills Mafia, like, I think... Most of us come from a small town. Yeah. It's a small town, and we, like... I don't know. I don't think, even though I am not, like, experienced in the sports world, as we all know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I've seen, like, crazy fans like I have with the Bills. Yeah. Like, I mean... We have, I guess, I mean, apparently, like, the number one fan base, so, like, I don't know, like, it's just, like, it's so crazy, I guess, how, like, we can all, we can't agree on world hunger, we can't agree on saving the planet, but we can agree on watching sports, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, live, laugh, love, I guess. That was a crazy setup. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I don't know. Like, I have a Sabres hat on right now. So, like, 
And as we are recording this, there is a ginormous Bills Mafia flag flag hanging above the TV. And there's also a large built-in shelving unit that houses sports stuff. And I mean banners to basketballs to Legos to Von Miller bobbleheads to a signed football to a troll doll to a Bills brick. To, I'm just reading everything off that's just on the wall. It's so, <laughs> a lot of things. You know, like, <clears throat> I don't know. I just think sports are just so fascinating that people can get so wrapped up in them and, like, support them and buy all this stuff. I think there's got to be, like, some sort of psychology behind it. There has to be. Like, it's one of our simple joys. What, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you look at humans, like, objectively, and you forget about all the terrible stuff that we've done, like... We've always been throwing around little balls, and we've always been making music. Yes. So there you go. And we've always been supporting these people that wear these crazy uniforms. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that's my 10 cents on sports. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a little bit for you guys. Oh, we're so, doing a little bit now. Yes, I okay. think it's a good time to do a little bit. I think It's a, a little, new bit. Yeah, a little breakup. Um, so, I've been really into this podcast recently called Two Hot Takes. We are not sponsored. We are not sponsored. Obviously. <laughs> Do you guys know that there's one rating for a podcast and I'm the one who rated it? <laughs> so please now, rate and review the show. Yeah, please, please review it. If you're listening to it right now, pause this and please go and review it. Um, anywho, so this podcast, Two Hot Takes, where they will read Reddit posts and just discuss their opinions on them. Okay. So I am a big Reddit user. I love Reddit. It is so addicting. I like, love Reddit. The Reddit posts on TikTok that like read them off. Oh, oh my god. Amazing. Oh, I love them. <coughs> so this is actually, this is a very, very interesting one okay. that I came across today. And we're just going to do one post. Just, just, just a one. Little, just, it's just one of our little bits. Okay? okay. So the title is, I was brought up by family vloggers and it ruined my life. And I think we're going to have a lot to say about this. Okay. I, 17 female. No, because I've seen this on TikTok. Or, really? Have I'm you? for you, Paige. Have you? <laughs> oh, no, read it anyways. Okay. I, female 17, was brought up by parents who family vlogged. They started vlogging when I was around seven and stopped three years ago. I want to hugely avoid speculation as to who my family is, so I won't be sharing much more detail. The channel, the channel had over 500,000 subscribers. My parents finally stopped when there was a mental health, mental health crisis in my family as a result of the channel. This was never shared online. If you are a family vlogger or are considering it, please read this and consider my perspective. I wanted to share for a while, but I didn't know how to. I loved it for a while. I loved being the center of attention while the camera was on, and I loved getting more toys. I stopped loving it when I realized the only time I got attention was when the camera was on, and the only time I got toys was when I performed in a way I was meant to. I'm going to list some stuff that happened and how it has affected us. My siblings and I were so paranoid there were cameras on us that the only place we felt comfortable changing was in the bathroom with the lights off. I couldn't talk to my mom about anything when my mental health began to get bad because I was too afraid she'd share it online. If I had asked her to not, it wouldn't have made a difference. I now barely have a relationship with her. My mom considered homeschooling us so that she'd have more time with us to make content during the day. My best friend's mom said she didn't oh I'm sorry. My best friend's mom said she didn't want my friend to be my friend anymore because my mom kept filming her without permission. 
My mom didn't care how upset I was about this. I didn't have a single private moment. My mom woke me up with the camera on, and she often filmed right up until we went to sleep. She filmed us in the bath, and although she tried to get it off the internet, it's downloaded and online forever. She shared when I got my period, even though I told her I didn't want her to. Someone attempted to kidnap my sister and found it easily because they knew her full name, address, school, and details about her. My sister didn't know he was a stranger because he knew so much about her. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about family vlogging. First off, first and foremost... At this point, I feel like I'm in the position where, like, my information's just out there. So, like, if someone just came along, would I be surprised? No. No. However, I do believe why your parents are, like, leaking your information. Like, and willing to put their children in <clears throat> such a vulnerable position just exactly. for money and views is absolutely crazy to me. Like, content creation, yeah. Form of entertainment, you get paid from it, whatever. It's time-consuming. It's voluntary. You can do it on your own terms. You can take breaks whenever you want to break. You can choose what content is put out there. But I've seen a lot <clears throat> of these, like, family vloggers or mom-like vloggers who will upload videos of their children that are is, like, pretty questionable exactly i saw um a few different tiktoks of this mom who she had posted a video of her three-year-old daughter in the bathtub while she was giving her a bath and there were over fifty thousand saves on that video oh my god who's saving that first pedophiles if you need to think about that because you're uploading these videos of your children, which to you might, like, be a very sweet moment, might be very, like... Sentimental. Yeah, sentimental, whatever. But there are so many creepy people on the internet. There are so many pedophiles in this world. And at this point, if you're doing that, if you're choosing to put that sort of content on the internet, you are voluntarily putting your child in danger. Exactly. I just... I don't understand why parents think it's okay like your children are not your dolls and they're not your characters they're not your puppets like they have to grow up but for <clears throat> this for this person to say that they her and her siblings were so paranoid that they only felt comfortable changing in the bathroom with the lights off that is crazy that's crazy that's crazy like and i can't even imagine that like you have five hundred thousand subscribers that now know your children's Every your child's every move. Five hundred thousand documented subscribers. Like that doesn't yeah. even compl- that doesn't even mention the people who like just view it. Like yeah. how many different people in the world saw their YouTube channel is probably substantially over, over that amount. Thousand, yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know. I think this is very disturbing, and I think this is like, like what is going on? I think this is one of the kind of like, uh, it's like the aftermath of social media becoming so popular. Yeah. Like, everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to have some sort of, like, for lack of a better word, clout. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I don't know. And you see, I've seen... Attention. S- you've seen so many families do this, and then so many, after years of their channel being so popular, you'll see all of these scandals come out that, like, it wasn't actually as glamorous or as 
you know, whatever as it looked. But, like, do I'm sure there are, but, like, why are there no notable, like, day-to-day, just regular people filming their shit? Because people don't want to see that. But, like, I have much to say on that. Because you and I, and we've discussed this, you and I each do our private story on Snapchat very differently. Now, don't get me wrong. We we have people that we care about that care about us that are watching it. So, of course, they're going to be there to support us and, like, they actually give a fuck about what is going on in our lives. So, obviously, they're going to watch it. However, like, at least from my private story, I make car vlogs every single morning where I film one minute in my car to say whatever comes to my mind. And you have stories that you tell your private informing everyone as if I'm having a sit-down conversation one-on-one with you. And I've had people come to me, and I know I appreciate yours the same way, of, like, people watch that shit. They eat it up. They (laughs) eat it up, quite literally. And, like, it is so entertaining, and, like, it is something that, you know, I look forward to watching yours, and I have been told that there's been people who look forward to watching mine. It's like, why can't... What? Who's famous for doing that? Like... I just, I feel like everyone who's a YouTuber is doing it so much for views and then they're not happy with it because they're doing whatever's going to get them views rather than what's going to make them happy. Just do what makes you happy. Well, I think, I think that's also been like a recent revelation of the internet where now you have all of these influencers who are so out of touch with reality who are now be trying to become more relatable and it's like forced relatability that the audience can literally tell is not real because most of these influencers are so out of touch with reality that it's like, you can't be relatable to your audience. Mm-hmm. So I think for a certain audience, and I think definitely for a majority of people like Gen Z, I think that is what's more appealing to us, people that are relatable and people that are true to themselves and people that are norm- more normal, more have a regular life that can share like these day-to-day things with us, and that's really interesting to us. Mm-hmm. But I think for the longest time, it's been like, Jake Paul doing outrageous shit, like jumping over a pool that's like on fire or something. Like, <laughs> Mr. Beast giving away 50 grand. Yeah. Like, and it's just, like, that's outrageous. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, I think it's really interesting. And I'm like, I think it's also really disappointing that, like, the system has kind of failed in regards to social media and many other things. But it's a, just so far on the decline. I think that, like, at this point, at this point in our society, why are there not laws protecting children on social media? <laughs> okay. She's still going. Okay. Why are there why are there not why are there no laws protecting chi- children in like in Hollywood or child actors or family channels? People like, who can't protect themselves. Yeah. Like you're not choosing to put that out on the internet. I don't know. I think it's very interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of developments. I think there are going to be a lot of arguments about this particular topic mm-hmm. over the next couple of years because I think it's been brewing for a while. I just think it's just so far on the decline. I mean, you look at every social media app ever. Like, I saw this one TikTok once, and now TikTok in itself has many problems. It's addicting. There's not really much great content creation there besides, like, Reddit posts. I would disagree. I mean, there is more than any other platform, I'd say, by far. Even on YouTube, there's just, I just don't think that there's, I mean, you have your regular, like, I mean, I'm not well-versed in this, but, like, you know, like, your regular, like, makeup gurus oh, and God. Just, whatever, yeah. but, like, 
I just think that, like, I feel like when we were kids, when it first came out, when the platforms were still being established, like, there were so many, like, just names that you knew, and you knew their content, and, like, whatever, and now it's just everyone, everyone trying to do everything, and it's not working. No. I think that, I think the one good thing about TikTok is that there's something for everybody. I think that there's... Yeah, that's true. I think that there's, like, such a variety in content on TikTok. And I think that it's... Well, the algorithms are scarily good at scarily good. Scarily good. I actually just I actually <laughs> just I just deleted TikTok this morning because I, <laughs> I'm not admitting that on camera on there, but um, she can't handle it. I I got a little bit too much into TikTok, and there I've definitely I've deleted TikTok I think three times now, and I always end up coming back because my TikTok for you page is a scary place to live. <laughs> And there was a point in time where I was, like, doing very well mentally. I was in a very good state. I was very happy. Once upon a time. Comes and goes, as it does. But I was in a really good place. And my For You page kept showing me all of these depressing things. And I and, and I remember when I was in and when I was at that really stable point in my life, I would just scroll past it and be like, oh, like, shut up. Like, I'm not at that point. Yeah. Like, just scroll past it. But when you're already low... It's like kicking you while you're down. Yeah. If I'm feeling sad and I go on TikTok and I see all these sad TikToks, I'm going to eat that shit up. Yeah. And it's like, then that feeds into it. So I think TikTok definitely, like, is not good for my mental health. I'll see things like, um, a lot of, like, eating disorder inspiration or things like that on TikTok, which kind of reminds me of like Tumblr circa 2014. If you were on Tumblr, if Yahoo. you were if you were on Tumblr in 2014, I'm so sorry and I'm so sorry you have to pay money for a therapist cuz I know I do. Anyway, um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But um I think TikTok is kind of becoming a dark place in general. Mm-hmm. And I think it is very addicting, and I also think I feel really bad for all of these kids who are on TikTok. Yeah. My little cousin, what the fuck are you doing on TikTok? You're nine. Why are you on TikTok? <laughs> like, what are you doing? What and do you I think, need to see that for? And I think it's just, like, adding on to, like, the next generation's problem. Like, I see my younger cousins who are, like, literally glued to their tablets. And it's like, I know Gen Z is bad. I know we're bad. Oh, yeah. But they're worse somehow. And it's scary to see. I think social media is, like, really, really taking over. And me, personally, I don't really know what to do about it. I think that's something that I've definitely been going back and forth about in my head about, like, should I completely, like, go off the grid? Should I delete all of my social media? And then it's like, I have to update the prive. <laughs> so I can't delete Snapchat. But I deleted but like, TikTok at the same time, today. It's like it's a crutch for the like not a crutch, but like it's a staple for the world. So like you're not on it and like And then I feel like left out and I'm like yep. jokes. and then you're like out. Yeah. I don't know. There's no win. I don't know. I don't think there I don't think there really is a solution. And I think I mean, me being off of TikTok for however long I'm off isn't going to change the fact that when I re-download it, that pattern will be the exact same, and then I'll get sucked back into it, and then my screen time will be much higher than it should be. Yeah. So, I don't really know what to do about it right now, but I think deleting TikTok for me, at least right now, is a good step. So, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about deleting TikTok... Do it! Do it! I think it can only benefit you. On a new note... Moving on. We have, obviously, we're on the notes page 
as we take notes throughout the in-betweens of our podcast filming, recording, whatever. Um, the first thing I want to bring up is, hey, Delaware Park, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know what highway number it is, but the Del- the highway, first of all, first of all, why is there a highway going through Delaware Park? What was first, De- Delaware Park or the highway? Because either way, it doesn't make sense. If the park was explain, there first- Explain about Delaware Park for the people that- Delaware Park is a park that is north of the city of Buffalo, just north, like just beyond downtown Buffalo. And- it's Like our central <clears throat> park. Yeah. <laughs> and we have an exit off of the 190 that it's a highway, but it goes right through the middle of Delaware Park. <laughs> now, if the highway was there first, why do why we build, build a, a park, park around it? And if the park was there first, why do we build well, a highway in it? What? <laughs> so... Now, the highway, the speed limit on this highway, of course it's a speed limit. <laughs> the speed limit on this highway used to be like 40, 40, 45, 50. One of the three. And like years back, because the highway's in the middle of the park, someone ran into the highway and was hit and killed. Now, very valid reason, very valid reason to lower the speed limit. But A, why is there a highway in the middle of the park? I still won't understand that. <laughs> or put the highway above the park. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Why is the highway going through the middle of the park? But so they lowered the speed limit to 20. 20. 20. I was driving through there the other day for God knows what reason. And by the other day, I mean two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, why is the speed limit 20? Now, I can walk faster than 20. Like, I can't. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, why the hot. I'm trying to get from Buffalo to, like, North Tonawanda. Why am I going 20 down the highway? That, If anything, that like, seems like that's just going to cause an accident. Exactly. Because you know that there's at least a couple of bitches going, like, 50 through that. Huh? Also, speaking of people who, like, don't get up to speed, like, ramp users, which is everyone using the highway. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been on the highway, this you one's for you. Ramp. <laughs> ramp users. But... If you're on the ramp, the ramp... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You use the ramp to get up to speed, to get onto the highway. To march. To going pretty much the speed of the highway. To march. Why do people... Okay, the the 219 has a speed limit of 65. And tell me why people that go on the ramp merge going 47. 47, that was so specific. I was going to say 45. Either way. Either way. Either way. Going You're going to cause an accident. No, but actually that that's something that infuriates me. Get up to speed. Get up to speed. If you are in a 1999 Ford Cube, I don't give a fuck. Get your engine checked because you need to be going 65 by the time you cross over that dotted line. I think Period. One, I think one thing, I think merging is the hardest thing to do on a New York highway. On this a, is true. On a Buffalo Highway. Our ramp is like, I could piss farther than the ramp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the ramps are always like literally two feet long and it's like, okay, well, fucking speed up, ho. But um, one thing that I think or New there's York... a yield sign. Oh my God, not the yield. Um, I think <clears throat> something that Buffalo drivers are specifically very good at is ignoring the speed limit, but as a group. If we're oh. all going over the speed limit, 
You're going over the speed You're limit. You're going over the speed limit. Like the commute every day. The other day I was on the two nineteen and which is sixty five. And everybody around me was going eighty. So I was like, okay, I'll go eighty too. And so everyone around me is going eighty. There's even some people passing me. I'm going eighty. We're in a sixty five. <laughs> and there's still people passing me. Um, and that's one thing that I, I absolutely love about about Buffalo, New York. About New York in general. In general. Because we agree in to Ohio break the law. in Ohio, when I tell you, when I tell you I was on the highway, the speed limit was seventy. Do you wanna know what the person in front of me was doing? 1655 I lost it and I was blocked in so I had to oh, stay I had to stay in. behind this guy going 55 for literally like 3 miles and I almost killed myself but no like everyone in Ohio like I swear to god that's like it just furthers the notion that it's they're not real people because they don't know how to fucking drive they're all going so slow and like in New York we're all just like agreeing to surpass the speed limit by a considerable amount every time every time and actually on my last the time i came home oh when i came home for thanksgiving Mm. um the first like hour was brutal but as soon as i got out of ohio i was surrounded by new york license plates (laughs) and surrounded by like bills mafia stickers Mm -hmm. so it was all like college students going home to buffalo Mm -hmm. and we were all going like way over the speed limit (laughs) and we literally all followed each other from like pennsylvania to buffalo and that was that that was such a great experience live laugh love the 90 live laugh love the 90 honestly what is with people and (laughs) bumper stickers are a hit or miss yelp review and the people who put their family with their five pets oh oh the minivan i saw a jeep wrangler with that on it why are you ruining the jeep wrangler like as Kim Kardashian said, why would you ever put a bumper sticker on a Bentley? Honestly. Like... I think depending on what you put on there. Like, the other day I saw a Kia Soul with about 20 bumper stickers. Okay. Get off the road. Get off the road now. <laughs> One of them was reflective. I'm pretty sure that's like a fucking that's hazard. Illegal. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Or people with the tinted license plate. That's also illegal. That's also illegal. In New York. Um, but I don't know. It's... I think I've thought about this heavily. I'm like, do I put a bumper sticker? Do I not put a bumper sticker? And I do not have a bumper sticker as of right now. I do, but it's on my back windshield. It's a Bills logo. Yeah, it's a Bills logo. So like, that's like I'm pretty fine. standard here. But sometimes I'll see anime bumper stickers, and I'm like, what are you doing? No offense to people that watch anime, it's just not for me. But, <laughs> but like people who put like. People who put bumper stickers or license plate holders that are calling out people that are tailgating them. Uh, if you're if you're being tailgated, how about you move over or you'll go faster? Yeah. It's literally on you. Like Or like the ones that are like, if you can read this, you're too close. Or like, my brakes are good, are yours? Hey man. I'm about to get in front of you and brake check you. <laughs> like <laughs> I just don't understand. I was driving by someone, not even driving by someone, I was driving behind someone that was going the speed limit in the left lane. And if you're going the speed limit in the left lane, stop. Stop, get in the right lane. Exactly. And the left lane is for people who are using the fast lane. (laughs) The left lane and, I would argue, the middle lane are people that are trying to go considerably over the speed limit. And if you are going the speed limit or maybe, like, two over, you're supposed to be in the right lane. Yes. And 
this person like constantly they not only that but they put 500 feet of space between them and the next car and we uh-huh. are in standstill traffic uh-huh. from the Galleria Mall. Oh, you so lost like, it, didn't you? I, and not only that, but there was a semi-truck to my right uh-huh. that was going exactly the same speed. So, I was boxed in. And so, not fun. But you know what else gets me is when I'm when I look to my right and there's a pickup truck with wheels that are bigger than my body. Like, Hey, man, okay, your wheels are designed to go under your car and make your car go. They are not meant to surpass the body of the car. If your wheels are surpassing the body of the car, this is not monster truck. This is driving down miles trip. So, like, (laughs) stop, you know? I, in general... um, I have beef. I have beef with that. (laughs) But also, I have so much anxiety when I pass, like, a tractor trailer. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a sheet of metal that falls off the top and cracks my windshield. Literally. But the last... Okay, so when I was driving up here um, two days ago, when I was driving up to Buffalo, there was a tractor trailer in front of me, and its back doors opened. (laughs) Its back doors flew open, and thank God it was empty. But (laughs) if it wasn't, hello? New windshield job. Calling triple A. I'm over on the side of the road. Yeah. Hey, hey, sorry. A fucking barrel came out of a fucking tractor trailer and hit my goddamn windshield. No, like seriously. I th- and, and they're always like the most reckless drivers. Oh no. They're With always the high like beams on. Oh my god, and they're always like swerving just slightly so you can't pass them. Like it's actually brutal. Actually brutal. Actually brutal. <sighs> okay, also on a piano, maybe you can answer this question. I'm looking at this right now. I'm looking at this notes page. I'm trying to answer this. What is the left two piano pedals used for? Like the middle one and the left one. The right one is like blending the notes, whatever. But like, what are the other two for? I don't know that question. Actually. Because I don't know the answer. my piano, I've no, I've tried to understand this since I was a little kid. Like there are three pedals on the piano. Usually you predominantly 99% of the time use the right pedal. And that is like, you know, your classic blending the notes, making it sound pretty, elegant, whatever. But the left two, I swear to God, do nothing. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I press the right one and my whole keyboard shifts over to the right by like a half a centimeter. And I'm like, what? So that, okay. that is my question of the day right now. What do the left two pedals do? Okay. So the left two is called, oh, sostenuto and um, una corda. So sustenuto is like, um, it's the sustain pedal. What does that mean? Sustains a note. What does that mean? Well, because I'll press it and then it won't sustain the note. So like, then what happens? (laughs) Maybe something's wrong with your piano. Mm, Maybe. So the damper pedal. Which is the left one? Yes. No, the damper the damper pedal, which is the right one, is the sustain pedal. Oh. Um, So that prolongs the sound of the piano. Um sustains the sound and vibrates the strings the sostenuto pedal which is the middle one middle one acts as a selective damper when the pedal is activated the sostenuto rod engages and holds up only those dampers that have been raised by their keys so you need to have already played the keys have them held down and then Then use it use the pedal yes the pedal all the way to the left thins the tone of the piano by shifting the entire keyboard and action slightly to the right 
so that the hammers do not strike all of the strings. The shifting of the action also allows the hammers to strike the string with a different portion of the hammerhead. So it's changing the tone. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it does make it softer, so like, I suppose yeah. that would make sense. So question wow. answered. Look at us go. The more you know. The more you know. Like, you could have just Googled that, babe. <laughs> that was a Googleable <laughs> but question. But like, I was hoping to get the information from someone. Yeah, but I actually did not know that. <clears throat> also, something I want to bring up that really bugs me that we talked about that I forgot to mention. Snapchat. Snapchat users that snap people back blank photos or photos okay. that mean nothing. Let's talk about this. Let's actually talk about this. Let's break this out because I Let's don't understand my best friend. Okay. Not going to name drop. She's probably listening to this. Um, <laughs> my best friend snaps people like a motherfucker. Okay. She is like a Snapchat hoe. No, for real. And I say that like I know. No, for real. And so much love and respect to you, by the way. But, um, she will snap people just like a picture of her face. Like, they don't necessarily communicate. They just snap pictures back and forth. And to me personally, I don't understand the point of that. I use Snapchat to communicate. I'm going to be honest to everybody right now. I have zero Snapchat notifications. I use Snapchat for the prive and to maybe text someone, to maybe slide up on somebody else's private story. See what's going on. To snap someone when I think of them or occasionally. But I'm saying words in that snap. Like, I don't snap random people that I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Just, like, back and forth. And we snap pictures of our face. Like, I don't really understand the point of that. I don't, but I also do it, so I can't really <laughs> say... But why? Like, what is the point? I don't know. Like, just... Uh, well, I'm in it for the streak. So, like... Oh, my God. Why are you still doing streaks? You weren't no, 18 years no, old. No, 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 no. When your streak gets to, like, 600, you can't... <laughs> now, there's a moral responsibility to keep that streak. Who do you there. have a 600 streak with you're asking me like i'm about to name drop okay, right now you're well, feeding into it okay feeding sorry into the problem. Fe- I'm, i am but but like <clears throat> there's a few people okay <clears throat> there's a few people i don't know i snap back like once a day or twice a day depending on how i'm feeling <laughs> <laughs> and like very calculated there are people that like you know people okay first off <clears throat> The people that okay, I can understand if you're in it for the streak, whatever. You're just trying to make the number go higher. I, I, that that concept is stupid as hell. But I support it, and I will play into it. Oh no! The people, the people that do streaks but don't do it consistently. That like do the just a picture of their face or just of a blank screen. Don't do it for the streak and do it inconsistently. What are you doing? Because you have absolutely you have no, no motive. Like I at least have a dumb motive. You have no motive. So like, that's true. Why didn't I didn't really think about that? So now the people that I have streaks with, great. They're like over a hundred. There's whatever. That but, is crazy. But the people that do streaks, but I also have a problem with the people that do streaks, but only send like black screens. What are you doing? Oh, I like, know so many people. What are you doing? If you're sending me a picture of your bed sheets, I don't give a fuck. Who are you? <laughs> like, I am sorry, but if you are doing streaks, at least make the picture meaningful. If I see your face, at least it's meaningful. Well, is it? <laughs> depending on the person. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> the people that I do streaks are meaningful with. But like. I just don't get that. Stepping back. I don't understand. It's up in the air. I don't understand the point of streaks in general. Like what? So you can have a little number yes. next to your name? No, actually. Because I don't get it. That's the sickest thing in the whole world. Is like you thought of each other 
you thought enough of each other to send each other a picture every day for like 600 days straight I guess, but, like, are you even friends? But, like, your name ran through their head. Their name ran through my head. Like, it's happened every day for 600 straight days. I mean, there's some comfort in that. I guess, but We're grasping at straws these days. You can just have a friend. (laughs) But, like, I also use it for communication and sliding up on people's stories. So, like, I just have the number S back next to it. Okay, you are sick. I am not sick. Moving on. Um, we have one last topic to discuss we've been kind of all over for this whole podcast but that's just the way it goes but I think this will be a nice like little tie a little um, wrap up of our conversation yes what constitutes as a meaningful conversation there are many thoughts there are many thoughts I think this is something that you and I have both struggled with for a long time of like Every friend that we have has to be, like, a very close one. And even with each other. Even with each other. Like, obviously, like, I like to build those meaningful, deep, get-to-know-everything-about-a-person type friendships. And I guess that's what constant. I mean, on the most basic level, yeah. Talking about meaningful stuff, like, life-changing stuff, like, personal experiences, like understanding someone learning their thought process i think that's a meaningful conversation or about stuff that you simply click on that you agree on whatever like our podcast meaningful (laughs) very meaningful (laughs) and so i think part of my problem is that there's more than just that to a meaningful conversation a meaningful conversation could just be like a simple How's it going? Whatever. Like, just knowing the bare minimum about someone. Sometimes that's just as meaningful. Or, like, sometimes someone will ask you, like, a question. Maybe you'll be, like, in the shit in a moment. I'm jumping all over the place, but I don't care. It's okay. Maybe you'll be in the shit in the moment, and someone texts you, like, a question. Just, like, some random question. Could be about school. Could be about you. Could be about, like, something upcoming. But that little distraction question was enough to get you off off topic off of the little low that you were in i also think that that's meaningful too because like you're helping me you know i feel like most of the time any text message or any call that i get is meaningful to me because it's like you thought about me enough to like pick up the phone and try to contact me yes so i think you and i are pretty similar in that regard that like for me i love to cultivate those relationships and i think one of the hardest like truths to face is that not everybody wants that wants that not everybody is as deep as that not everybody is as vulnerable as that and like the this one quote i saw on tiktok that actually kind of resonated with me as cheesy as it is oh god like you may be the sweetest peach on the tree but not everyone likes peaches, peaches. i like, did see that i just think that that's so true like that, like, puts it all into perspective. Like, you, like, you're just not for everyone, you know? So, like... I think... I've tried to have those relationships or those kind of, like, really deep conversations. And it's, like, very obvious when that person is just not either A, as into it as you are, or B, as comfortable with themselves as maybe you are to talk about those, like, sides of yourself. <clears throat> 
I think it takes a lot to have, at least for me, I think, I think it's, it's, I'm trying to think of how I want to express this. I think it's very much different with each person. And I think I've kind of, I think I've kind of found a balance, at least between my friends about, like, not necessarily how deep, but like, what kind of meaningful conversations we have. Mm. And I think it's, like, very interesting that I've met so many people with so many different experiences and so many different perspectives that it's, like, I get to see all of these different kinds of people and how, what they constitute as a meaningful conversation or, like, what a deeper, quote, deeper connection is for them or what that means to them. Because I know for me, I think that idea of what a meaningful conversation or a deeper connection, like, I think I've sort of defined that, I think, recently. I couldn't have said it better. I don't know. I think it's... I think we're both in in places right now where we're really trying to work on ourselves. I think it's like the era of self-discovery. It really is. Like, I know at least for us, we went through a a little thing. We did. And... I think we both learned a lot from it, and I know you've brought a lot to my attention that I need to work on that I didn't see before. And this is why Camille and I, this is what our base of what our friendship is based off of, is seeing things that the other person doesn't. And yes. I know for me, one of my big realizations that Camille has brought to my attention was like, I just expect so much, so, I guess... I expect so much that the other person is just incapable of giving at certain points. Like, not everyone can be 100%, 100% of the time. So, like, I need to work on not expecting so much all the time from everyone. Because some people just aren't in the right mental frame or just don't want to sometimes. Or just and aren't okay. capable of exactly. doing that. And I think... Something that you brought to my attention that I think that I have really worked on over these, I think especially being at college has helped me a lot with this. Um, as some of you may may know, high school was very rough for me, and I had pretty much like four four or five years of just like straight trauma and unfortunateness, unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> so, pretty much for the past four years, I've spent inside of my own head not really aware of anybody else's circumstances or problems or whatever. I think I was very much self-centered in that way that I wasn't necessarily showing how much I appreciated my friends or showing how much I cared about them in their individual lives. I don't think I was very good at that for a long, long period of time. And I think that being at school and seeing all of these people who have come from such different backgrounds, and every single one of them has gone through some sort of issue, some sort of trauma, whatever. I think that's been very interesting to me and very helpful to me to actually put myself in these people's shoes to understand them on another sort of level. And I think that especially now that I've healed from a lot of those past traumas, I'm really able to like be a better friend. I think for a long time, my friends did a lot more for me than I did for them. And I Mm. think now I'm finally at a point where I have enough energy to give where it's like we are truly equal. Yeah. 
And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I feel like it's embarrassing to ever even admit that that was the way I was at some point. Um, but it's but all you growth. you live and you learn. But it's all growth. Mm-hmm. And, like, we never truly find ourselves in the end. Like, we're always... Like, no one looks back at themselves five years ago and is like, I've learned nothing. I've yeah. changed nothing. Like, you are always changing and you're always... You're going to be learning about yourself <clears throat> for the rest of your life. Exactly. And I... I don't know. I think for us, we both look forward to it. Like, seeing how things change and... I mean, well, I'm not the best at change, but... <clears throat> I think you know. there's I think there's beauty in that and I think there's also a lot of fear yeah. in that. Because like I hate change. Yeah. I hate change. Change is the worst thing that I can deal with because it's like I get it wrapped up into routine, I get sentimental over shit and then all of a sudden things go away and I'm like freaking out cuz like that goes into a whole other topic <laughs> that we're not going to dive into with our limited time remaining on this episode. But in the end, I think, you know... I think we're all committed to a journey of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really beautiful. Even if change is scary, it's inevitable. And that's what this podcast is based off of, is watching, at least for us, our original goal was to record stuff and look back on it and see how we've changed how our perspectives have changed and how our friends have changed how we look at things and and i think it's actually kind of crazy because the other day i was listening to our first ever episode Mm -hmm. and i actually disagreed with some of the things that i said so i think it's actually it's really crazy to me that even in that short amount of time my perspective has changed on some of the issues that we've already talked about Mm -hmm. so if we revisit any topics or anything like that, don't be surprised, because I think it would be an entirely new take. Yeah, because, I mean, coming from Orchard Park, we are not the most cultured of people. I mean, kind of, but not as much as other people. Sometimes we don't understand a lot. Sometimes we're stupid. Yes, but we're here to learn. And we're working on being less stupid. So... On that note. On that note. Thank you for tuning in to episode, I think we're on five now. Five? I think because I did four yeah. with a guest, with Livy. Um, but I think we're on five now. So we're both on break. We definitely will have some episodes. Yes, we definitely will have a few <clears throat> more episodes. And... Text either one of us if you liked that little Reddit bit, because we could do an entire... I think we could do an entire oh, episode submissions are always, on Reddit. Submissions are always appreciated. Yes. Feedback is always appreciated. So leave us a review. <laughs> Please. Right, the show. Please. Um, because that's what we're here for. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.